are listening to New Life The Fort. We believe your vision will be expanded and your heart enlarged. If you are blessed by this message, write to info at newlifethefort.com. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 to 18. Listen, this is the word of God. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus, that if one died for all, and he died for all, that those who live should, no longer, uh, should, should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them, uh, who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, somebody say now on, from now on. We regard no one according to the flesh. Somebody say no one. (laughs) Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, anybody here you're in Christ? Then you fit this uh, description here. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Somebody say, new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things, somebody say, all things, have become new. Now, all things are of God. Now, I'll end there. If you are in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God. Another scripture I want to read here, Galatians chapter 6, verse 15, in the, the voice translation. It says here, let me be clear, circumcision won't save you. Uncircumcision won't either, for that matter. For both amount to nothing. Now what he's trying to say, because he was dealing with, uh, with the people in Galatia who suddenly, they, they were not Jews but somehow they were infiltrated or some people uh, from, from Israel, from the Jews, start teaching them other things aside from Christ. So there is Jesus and then other stuff. And Paul was rebuking them quite strongly that this is not the case. It's only Christ. You don't need anything else. So he's saying it's not about doing things or not doing things. In this case, he's saying... It's not about being circumcised or not circumcised. Those things won't save you. It's not what you do and it's not what you don't do that saves you. It's only Christ. That's why he says, God's new creation is what counts. And it counts for everything. It is the only thing that counts and it counts for everything. Being in Christ is the only thing that counts and it counts for everything. Right? Uh, you hear, you, you read in scripture, you count the cost. And that's a good thing. That's a prudent thing to do. That's a wise thing to do. But without veering away from the foundational truth that Jesus paid, paid it all. When you count the cost, count the cost that he paid. That's a foundational thing that we need to look at. But over the, over the past few days, I've been thinking about, Lord, so what do you want to share? What do, you want to, what do you want to release to your people here? And something very simple. Now, there's a danger about simple things. You can either uh, say that I know it already, or, you know, you just, you know, let it, let it skip over you and whatever. But I pray, um, as the Bible says, 
you know, it's in the hearing and hearing of the Word of Christ, the Word of God, that is important for us. I was sharing, I think, last Wednesday that it, it is important for us to eat fresh things. Now, who among you have eaten adobo before? Some of you are not sure. Or some of you are thinking, is, is Pastor being, uh, uh, have the word of knowledge? He, knew what, he knows what I ate this morning. We, we all like adobo, whatever adobo you like, whether it's pork, chicken, lamb, I don't know, kangaroo in Australia. You should try that, <laughs> right? But we don't want to eat the same adobo we ate five months ago. That will not be good, right? But we don't mind eating it if it's fresh. In this place, you may hear certain things, but if it's from the Lord, if it's, from the Lord it's fresh. The Bible says, you know, we live by, the, by, by what proceeds out of the mouth of God. Not something that He said before, although that's good, but what will be needed for us now is what He's saying. So be very aware, in your seats, I may be saying something, but at the same time, the Holy Spirit may be releasing something uh, specially for you. Okay, so we need to be aware of that. Now, I was thinking about these things, and this, this word, you know, this phrase, new creation, kept coming back to me. New creation. Because we thought we, we were going in one direction, and then I like it when the Holy Spirit goes, no, this way first. Okay. Because He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so, we're going to talk about what this new creation is all about. It's all new, and it's all God. It is all new, and it's all God. This new creation, it's everything is new. Everything is God. It says there, let me read again. Old things have passed away. All things have become new Now all things are of God. Those two things. All things have become new. All things are of God. Now, I like watching movies. Someone you like to watch movies? We're in a cinema. (laughs) Okay? Um, There is a movie, maybe some of you, because I think this is a youth service or something. Maybe you haven't seen it. Uh, (laughs) There was a movie before, uh, more than 10 years ago, called The Matrix. Have you seen that? Matrix, okay? So you're familiar. If you haven't seen it, why? Okay? Spoiler alert, okay? I'll just jump to the end. He died. Deal with it. But in the first movie, uh, the the lead, Neo, okay, he he lives in this world. He's a hacker. He's uh, doing all these things. And and, uh, the concept of the movie is that that the, the, the realm, this realm, is not the real world. There's another realm that is far more real than what he thought is real. And so he encounters this uh, guy called Morpheus and gives him a choice, the blue pill or the red pill. So obviously he chooses to understand what's behind the veil. And he discovers that everything is, everything that he thought was real, the world he lives in, the friends he had, the food that he eats, that's all uh, a virtual reality. And then later on, towards the end of the movie, he discovers how to operate in the real world, in the 
higher or ultimate reality and he's able to manipulate what is around him. Now that's an interesting thought because if you are in Christ, he brings you to a different kind of reality, a higher form of reality. We are no longer uh, limited and in bondage of this realm, but we are operating. We ought to operate in a higher realm. But to operate in that, we need to be constantly aware of what this new creation is all about. Because it's easy to receive Jesus Christ and then go back to the things the way we do things. And that's not how God designed us. In fact, if you go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 in the Amplified Version. Matthew chapter 6, a lot of you are familiar with it. It would say, but seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, His kingdom and His righteousness. And it defines what righteousness is. His way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together will be given you besides. Now, a lot of people want the last part. All these things shall be added to you. And the thing is, they're trying to do it on their own. They're adding these things to themselves. But what God is saying is that He's able to add it. He's the one who's adding to you. But the, the priority ought to be right. It's seeking Him, His kingdom, and His righteousness. His righteousness is what? His way of doing and being right. So there's a different kind of system that we need to operate in. We need not be limited in what the world offers. The Bible says you are in this world. Anybody? You are in the world. Some of you still are not sure. Good morning. But you are not of the world. You know, uh, I was uh, uh, one of the things I was reading before the way they train, uh, particularly in Asia, they train, they, use, they used to use, I don't know if they do it now, I guess some of them, they used to use elephants to, to do their work, uh, you know, labor, heavy, uh, carrying heavy burdens and whatever. They used to get a baby elephant and they would chain uh, this elephant to the ground uh, with a metal chain. And of course, the baby elephant is not that strong, and he can't get out of the of the of the of where he's at. He would try and try and try, even as, as he's growing up. But of course, frustratingly, uh, he would realize that there's nothing that he can do to uh, to get out of it. And he will grow up thinking that as long as this thing is around his leg, he can't get out of it. So later on, they would change it to a. Uh, less strong material, uh, even as a, if, if uh, it can grow to a huge elephant, but they can just tie a rope around it. But in the, the thinking, the mindset of that elephant is that if this thing is around me, I cannot move. But in reality, he's actually very strong and strong enough to get out of it in his own. But see, the, the battle is here. If the mindset is changed, you will realize how strong you really are. Because there's something that God put in you. There's a new life God put in you. And it's not, kind, it's not any kind of life. 
It is the God kind of life. So if you realize what power is inside of you, then you will begin to operate in that. I remember uh, Pastor Lawrence was saying here, uh, Superman could not do anything unless he realized that he is super. Right? He can operate just like any other person if he does not know what he has in him. Well, you are the supernatural man. There's something super inside of you, but we need to realize it. There is a need to realize that everything that we see is passing away. Everything in this natural realm is bound to corruption. Romans chapter 8 would say that. That the world, not by itself, not, not willingly, but it's, been, it's, been, it's under a curse. It's passing away. Again and again, that's a theme that we hear. In fact, in Romans chapter 8, verse 20, in the voice translation, it would say this, you see, all of creation has collapsed into emptiness. But a lot of people are holding on to this realm, to this world. I remember a friend of mine, uh, obviously needs renewing of the mind. He was, uh, this is a couple of years ago, he, he just purchased a, a condo unit on a high-rise building. And, uh, you know, all his savings went to it and everything. And uh, he was really proud of it. And that's a good accomplishment, right? Something that you, you earned. And then on a particular day, there was a strong earthquake. Okay? And if you're in a high-rise building, uh, you'd feel it. I remember being in a high-rise We were like 36th floor or something. And uh, there was an earthquake and we felt it. You know, everything was swaying. It's like this, like what we were doing a while ago. <laughs> okay? And <laughs> the, this friend of mine, his first reaction, his in, the initial words that came out of his mouth is, Lord, Wagmuna, Lord, not yet. Because he thought, it, you know, the whole world was, is ending. But it's just interesting that a lot of people, their first reaction would be to hold on to the things that they have. But let me tell you, you have something so much better ahead of you and not limit. See, people can take, can take things away from you, but there's something God has given nobody can take. And that is far more worth than the things they have here. Far more worth. So in the end, people may, may you know, take your money, take your house, whatever, but it does not change the fact that you are still rich in Christ. Because your riches is not outside, it's, it's in you. So this whole thing here, everything is passing away. Everything is in the sway of the evil one. The Bible says that Satan is the one who is, uh, the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. That's in 1 John chapter 5.19. Can you go there? Let me read that. 1 John chapter 5.19. We know that we are of God. Anybody here, you're of God? And the whole world, the whole world outside lies under the sway of the wicked one. You know, Jesus, when he was, he was being tempted, he was brought to a very high, exceedingly high mountain, the Bible says. And then the devil said, well, all this kingdom I'm going to give to you. Because he has the authority to give it to him as long as Jesus worships him. Of course, we know how that turns out. Jesus rejects him. But he had the ability to give to Jesus all the kingdom. Be, when he's talking about 
the kingdom or the world or whatever, it does not mean the physical things. Because the world, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The gold is mine, the silver, everything here, the, uh, the cattle on a thousand here, everything belongs to God. But what he's saying here is that there's a system that is operating in the world that is under the sway of the enemy. And if you're not aware, it's easy to just revert back to that kind of thinking. That's why it's necessary for all of us to understand what it means when it says, Now all things, he says, behold, all things are new. All things are of God. We need to be aware of what we're beholding. That's why it would always remind us to look unto Jesus, to look unto Him and understand what it is actually the finished work means and what has been made available to us. There's certain, uh, a lot of people here we go through the week, we hear on a Sunday, we get encouraged, but on Monday, we're back to the old operating system. Now, who among you have, uh, like, you have an Apple, iPhone, or whatever, anybody? It's okay. It's, it's a product that doesn't explode, right? <laughs> Sorry, I just got to... Now, you need to update. Whatever Android or whatever, whatever phone you have, you need to update. It's necessary. But you get to a point where uh, if you have a really old phone, it's, it won't be able to take the new update. It's, it's a way for them to say, you need to buy a new phone. You need to buy a new product. Okay? And a lot of people, guess what? Uh, you have been updated in a new realm, and the old way... It, it will not, you, your 5110 kind of thinking is not going to work. There's no, sel- you, no matter how much you try, if you're holding a 5110, you can't take a selfie. What's wrong with this phone? There's nothing wrong with the phone. It can't take it. It can't handle it. If you're operating in the world system, it cannot take, it will not understand what God is saying. There are a lot of things that we need to understand. And God has given, you have the grace. If you're only aware of it, you have the grace. You may not understand everything, but there's something that you will begin to understand. And you know what? As a believer, just operate in what you know. You begin to operate in what you know about who God is. Step, keep taking the steps. He will take you all the way. Nobody... Um, I wish it was like that. You just become a believer and then you sit a while and the, the, in the church there's a downloading thing that everything about God, you just sit down and no. I, it would have been so easy if that, that was the case. But see, it's a relational thing. It's one thing that I tell you about the things of God, but it's another thing that He tells you. Believe me, it's a lot better if He tells you. The things, when we stand here, we can confirm the things that He's saying. Or we can tell you that this is something that you can experience. A lot of people didn't know that God can heal. That God heals. That, that God is good. That He loves you. But then you begin to hear that. And you begin to ask, Lord, is that real? And you know what? He will, show, he will demonstrate. It is a lot better demonstrated. So for us to enter into this new realm, there are certain things that 
that is necessary for us to go through. Like who among you, before you entered this world, you were born first? It's all of us, right? Some of you are still thinking. Was I, was I born? Was I born or was I cloned? That's not, that's not us, right? You were born. In fact, Jesus was talking about this exact same thing to a guy called Nicodemus. Nicodemus, just to give you a background, he comes in, in, in the middle of the night. He is a Pharisee. He's a teacher. He's a respected uh, individual in the community. But he goes to Jesus in the middle of the night to inquire. And then in their conversation in John chapter 3, where you find the famous scripture, John uh, 3.16. But before that, con- before that verse, you'll read this. Jesus answered, answered him and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Whom on you have heard that phrase, that line before, born again? You see, I used to think that's like a denomination or, you know, that's... Because that's, when we hear that, especially in, the, in this culture that we live in, oh, now you're born again, born again. And I remember my mom used to say, born against. I was born against. Born against what she used to believe. Because, uh, you know, she had a different mindset about these things. And... Uh, and uh, I don't know if you had the same experience that when you share that with the people, that your family members in particular, you say, I'm, I'm now a born-again Christian. Suddenly, there was a change in the way they see, ah. Oh. So you're, and suddenly, somehow, it, they may not say it, but somehow their expectation of you is different. Their expectation of you, suddenly the standard is so much higher than the old you. Oh, say you're a, you're a Christian now. Oh, why are you doing that? Why are you saying these things? born again Suddenly, their standard of you is so much higher. So somehow they know that if you're a Christian, in a sense, you need to be living in a different level. That's very interesting. And you get persecuted and all these things. And you know what? You don't have to try hard to show people about the reality of Christ in you. If you try hard, you're doing you. If you focus on Him, He will display Him to your relatives, to your family. Because at the end of the day, you will not save them. He will. At the end of the day, it's not your efforts that will save them. It's the Spirit of God. Right? So, so, just chillax. Chillax. Your focus is Him. Right? Your focus is Him. Live your life. So, it's necessary for, for this born-again state. And Nicodemus in verse 4 said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? That's a good question. Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Anybody here, you're a mom? Right? It's okay, it's not a sin. Can you imagine your 15-year-old son? Mom, I need to be born again. (laughs) That's not a pretty experience. It wasn't pretty the first time. 
<laughs> but but he, he's just saying. And Jesus explains to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. So he's making now a distinction. That which is flesh is flesh, and that which is of the spirit is spirit. So he's, he's talking about a rebirth of what is the spirit, not of flesh. The Bible says in, in John chapter 1 that this, this new birth is not made by man. It's not by decision or power of man. In fact, we can go there. John chapter 1, verse 12 to 13. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Verse 13, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So when you came to a decision that you believed that you received Jesus Christ, suddenly there's a new birth that happens. Now this new birth is not natural, it is supernatural. It may not be spectacular. Some people, they have spectacular, you know, uh, born-again experience. But it does not have to be spectacular to be supernatural. I've heard somebody say, I heard somebody got saved in the bathroom. Right? Somebody was there. They realized that while in the throne, they realized they need Jesus. I don't know how, what, what, what they were thinking, but they just said, Jesus, I need you. And they received it. See, it's not, it doesn't have to be in the church. Oh, you're not, that's not real until you come forward and stand up and fall and cry. You, you didn't really receive Jesus Christ. You didn't cry. That's, it doesn't have to be like that. But it is supernatural. It is supernatural. What happens? The Bible says in Romans that the heart believes. And then, as the Bible says, from the abundance of the heart, the what? Mouth speaks. So there's something that has become real in your heart and confession is made. And the Bible says it here in John, uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 8 to 11. I'm just reviewing to you what happened to us. But it is something that is important for us to hear and hear because we can easily forget. What does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, that from the dead you will be saved. Actually, it's that simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. In fact, the prayer for salvation does not have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be a 10-minute prayer or a 3-hour prayer. It does not have to be like that. In fact, we heard a story before. Uh, there is this uh, pastor who was preaching, of course, right in front. And his church, uh, there was a biker, huge guy, uh, a biker dude, you know, leather vest, tattoos, whatever. And he was at the back, okay, maybe trying to, uh, you know, criticize or whatever. He said, I'm going to listen to this guy. So he was listening. And then in his preaching, the pastor said, the Bible says, those who call in the name of Jesus shall be saved. And he kept saying that, that if you really believe that you, you need Jesus in your life, you merely have to say the name. And so at the end of it, he goes, anybody here want to receive Jesus? 
And then the guy stood up at the back and just said, Jesus. That's what he said. And then, oh, brother, come forward here. Let me pray for you. Receive, receive Jesus with the salvation prayer. He said, and the guy said, no, 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 no. You said just to say the name and I'll be saved. That's why I said Jesus. That's all he did. You know what? That's as powerful as praying a, a, a long prayer. Because it's the reality that happens here. Anyone who calls, sometimes you don't have, you don't have the words. If, if, if you're in a thick of things, you don't have your Bible, you don't, you, don't, you, you don't quote anything. But the name of Jesus is powerful enough if you believe it. You speak the name. That's why it's important to keep depositing. Because what you've deposited there is what's going to come out. Right? Hallelujah. Let me ask you, if something sudden happens... What comes out of your mouth? Just look here and smile. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says here that at that point, at that point, when you say that, right there, you just died. You've been crucified with Christ. That's what the Bible says. It says that in Romans. It says that in Galatians. In fact, I want to read Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 to 21. And Paul is speaking here. Okay? And this is exactly what happened to us when we received Jesus Christ. That I have been crucified with Christ. I like it because it's personal. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh. Anybody here, you're in your flesh. Okay, but you don't allow the flesh to operate over you, rule over you. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Now, how can that be? It happened 2,000 years ago. How can it be that I can be crucified with Christ? Now, this is the powerful thing about, about the finished work. When Jesus said, it is finished, it is perfect tense. Meaning, it is not limited and, and trapped within the boundaries of time. It is as strong and it is as real at the moment you receive Him. At any time, it is possible that you can say, Lord Jesus, you know, I give you my life. You surrender your life. At that moment, it's as if you were there and you were crucified with him. At that moment. That's how powerful it is. That's why you can consider that you have been crucified with Christ. And we need to think, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And what happens? In any kind of life, it is necessary to breathe. Breath is necessary for life to continue and for life uh, to begin. Now, have you tried, maybe you wake up one morning and say, Today, I'll decide not to breathe. It's not possible, right? You can try to hold it. Some people can hold it underwater for a long time. But eventually, they'll have to come up for air. The beginning of man, God released his breath. You go to Adam. In Genesis chapter, uh, chapter 2, it would say there. Can you go there? Uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. It says that, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. See, when God formed... When God created everything, He just spoke, right? 
He just spoke everything into being. God said, God said, God said, God said. You go throughout all creation and it was just God speaking. Because if He is God, He does not need to do anything to have something appear. But see, when God was creating man, He was already telling us that this creature, man will be different from creation. Because he will be designed out of intimacy. God does not need to hold mud and earth and clay and form man. But that was his intention. He purposed to do that because he's saying this is out of intimacy. But man, the, the, the shell of the man, the flesh of the man was not yet alive when he formed it. It only came alive when what? And God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. That's how he came alive. God breathed. Now, you, you can't breathe into somebody's nostril if you're, afar, if you're far from the person. You need to be close. You need to be face to face with the person. So imagine the first, when, when man first opened his eyes, he was face to face with his maker, with God. It was that intimate. It was the kiss of life. It was the breath of life. And if you know you're close enough to a person, what do you see? I remember one time when our daughter Samir was still a baby. And, and Mitchie and uh, Sammy, they would play together. And sometimes they would look at one another really close. And one time... A daughter just made this gasp because <gasps> she was looking at uh, Mitchie's eyes. Now, Mitchie has these huge, beautiful eyes, which draw me close to her the moment I saw her. Right? It's just gravity disappeared. I was levitating towards her. Music was playing. Wow, it was a moment. Well, actually, music was playing. I was playing the piano, <laughs> right? Um, and so Sammy gasped, and then she realized, and she said, Mommy, I see Sammy. She saw herself in her eyes. And that's why the Bible says you're the apple of God's eyes. Why? You see yourself. He's looking at you. And you see the mini you reflected in the Father's eyes. Do you know that that's always the, the you always have access that close to Him. And the only way you can enter is to enter boldly. Not begging, not sorry, not in shame, but to enter boldly like a child. Amen? That is your access to Him. And so God breathed into Adam. Now, let's go to Jesus. In Colossians chapter 1, the Bible would say that Jesus is the firstborn. Why is that? Jesus is the firstborn. Let's, uh, let's read that. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15. That Jesus is the, it says here, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. We're talking about the new creation. Now when we read this, a lot of people get confused because they say, wait a minute, if Jesus, and some, you know, some people actually use it to say that Jesus is just a man, another creation. No. It's saying here 
uh, you need to understand it in context that Jesus here, when it says the firstborn over all creation, it does not mean the whole creation, but it specifically means the new creation. The whole creation is when the universe was made. The new creation happened when Jesus resurrected from the grave. That is the new creation. There was a new creation that was made after Jesus resurrected from the grave. Now, I'll give you a bit of a... This is kind of a geeky thing. I was reading an article, and uh, it was about the Shroud of Turin. I, I don't know if you're familiar with that. Anybody familiar with that? Okay. Uh, it's, they say it's the cloth that Jesus was wrapped in, the Messiah was wrapped in when he died. Remember, he was wrapped in cloth in his, his face. Everything was... And then during the... When, when the disciples went into the tomb, they saw the cloth. And then the one that's covering the face, right? And then, of course, this legend or whatever, they, they studied... A lot of people studied this shroud. And the thing is, there's an image that appears which they can't figure out how it happened because it's a negative image. Meaning, I don't know if you're familiar before, not like these days, when you, when you try to print the, the, a picture, you'll see an, a negative, right? And that's how the, in the cloth, that's how it appears. And people couldn't figure it out. And the thing is, it's, it's a perfect image of a man that went through crucifixion. Now here's the thing. Uh, they say that the image is so perfect, the image is so perfect, if you're, if you're lying down, there will, be, there will be pressure points where your, your flesh would be hitting the, the, the ground, right? There are pressure points. In the image in that cloth, there were no pressure points. In other words, it appears that he was, he was floating. Now, this is what scientists are saying. Some people are saying. Now, it appears that uh, th there's this thing that they, s they call it singularity. Singularity is what happened before the Big Bang. Okay? There was nothing, and there was a something singular, and then it exploded. That's what they're saying. And what some scientists are saying, it appears that was mirrored when Jesus was resurrected. There was a singularity that happened before... He resurrected. The singularity was important for the first creation, and everything happened. We have the universe, the cosmos. But you see, when Christ resurrected, there was a whole new realm that was created. But this is of a spirit kind. There's a whole new reality that is made available for you and me. And no one else can access this unless you realize first that you have the resurrection kind of life within you. That's a powerful thing. And these are scientists that are saying this. What you have in Christ is far more real than the ground you're standing on or the chair you're sitting on. It is far more real. So why, if you think about it, why do we need to worry about the things that we see where we can operate in a higher realm where you are seated with Christ in the heavenlies? It's time to operate differently because God has given you this kind of life. In fact, Jesus, Adam, the first Adam, God breathed on him. 
And Jesus, being the firstborn over all creation, the firstborn from the dead, Revelation would say, He rose up, He shows Himself to the disciples. Go to John chapter 20. This is what happened. The first Adam, God breathed. And then now, Jesus, the second Adam, stands before the people, the disciples, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, uh, where, where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. That's an interesting greeting. Of course, the doors were shut and somebody appears before you. If you're in your room eating dinner or whatever and somebody appears right out of nowhere, what would you do? Oh, hi. What's up? You'd probably freak out, right? Now I understand why Jesus said, Peace be with you. Relax, okay? <laughs> Just chill. Peace be with you. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. They finally said, oh, it's him. Okay? And so Jesus said to them again, Peace to you as the Father has sent me, I also send you. Next verse. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. This breath is different from the breath that was released on Adam. Because this breath came from the firstborn over all new creation. And the same life that he had, which is resurrection life, is what he breathed in anyone who would believe. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, the first Adam became a living being, but the last Adam, which is Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. It is far better to be a life-giving spirit than just a living being. Living being, you're limited. But if you have the life-giving spirit, you have the ability to give life. And the same spirit that He gave to His disciples is the same spirit that's operating in you. That's why when you, when you witness to somebody, when you testify to somebody, life and spirit and hope and love, they're all being released. That's why we keep saying here, if you're a believer, don't live a quiet life. Speak. Now, I'm not saying go out and shout every time. That's not what it means. You get to a point where your life will speak in, it, in itself. Your life will speak. Your life becomes an epistle. Amen? Let me just say this before we end. How awesome is this new creation? I say this new creation is unique. There's no one like you. New creation. Um, uh, the King James would put you this. You are a new creature. We can say new creation, that's fine. But it's different when you say you're a new creature. Now look at the person beside you. Don't they look like a creature, a new creature? Oh, Pastor, hayop talaga, hayop. <laughs> you are a new creature. There is an instance where, where Jesus was talking about John the Baptist. And he said, Matthew eleven eleven. 11. Um, he would say this. He was talking about John. and said, I say to you, among those born of women, there's not that's not risen one greater than John the Baptist. He's saying that 
among all those who were born of women. Anybody here, you're born of women? That's all of us, right? Okay. But he was saying, at his, at his point of his, in history, everybody else, present and all the way to the past, there was no one that was greater than John. No, no, that's a great honor. I mean, he was comparing John to Moses, Abraham, Elijah, all these people who did all those great miracles. And he's saying John was the greatest. But John, as far as we know, didn't have any miracles or anything like that. But he did see the promise. All the prophets didn't see the promise, but he did see the promise come to pass. And he's saying all of that, John is the greatest. And then he made this statement. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Anybody who is in Christ is greater than John. Now, let me say it this way. If anybody you're in Christ, as far as heaven is concerned, you're greater than Moses, than Elijah, than all the prophets. But I didn't do all these things. No, as far as heaven is concerned, he considers you you're greater than these things. Because he's talking about potentiality. What you have in you. Those people, the Bible says this about Saul, the king. When the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him, he turns into a different person. When the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him, he turns into a different person. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit does not just come upon you. He is inside of you. How much more different is that? That's why when you, became, when you received Jesus, you suddenly became a new creation. Something the world has never seen before. Let me read it to you in Joel chapter 2. This is a prophetic word that Joel wrote. Joel chapter 2 verse 2. A day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Like the morning clouds spread over the mountains. There's always contrast. In the world, it's darkness and gloominess. But... For a child of God, it's different. In Isaiah chapter 60, Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And in the world, there's darkness and gloominess and all of that. There's contrast. Right now, you may not know it, but there's so much, there's so much difference between you being the children of God and the world who is in darkness. So much difference. Let us, don't count yourself part of the darkness. Because however little that light is, it's still greater than the darkness outside. Right? So, go back to Joel chapter 2. Let me read the the following scriptures. Joel chapter 2 verse 2. A people come. This is you. A people come great and strong. But I don't feel great. I don't feel strong. Doesn't matter. I'm not talking about your feelings. I'm talking about your reality. A people come. I'm talking about New Life the Fort. A people come. Great and strong. The like of whom has never been. There's never been anything quite like you. Nor will there ever be any such after them. Even for many successive generations. He was talking about the church. Those people in the Old Testament, that's why they're like, Witnesses, clouds of witnesses. They're looking unto you and say, There's so much, some, there's a lot of things that they could do. Even angels are looking into us here and saying, There's so much, <coughs> so much things that uh, we have potential of. 
the next time you look in the mirror, don't judge yourself according to the flesh. See, we look in the mirror and see, ah, this, this, it's just me again. No, you are no longer just a mere man, the Bible says. Nor you're a mere maid. You're different now. You are strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. Hallelujah, that will preach. Hallelujah. God, Jesus himself, takes personally what happens to you because you are part of him. The reason why we're a new creature, because Jesus is our head. We are all part of the body. Yes, the Bible says, yes, we are individuals, you know, but we are all members of one another. That's why you're different. There will never be another body of Christ, the past or after the church period. When we get caught up in the rapture, in the Lord, that ends the season. Let me say this, let me say it this way. The new creation is for a limited time only. It's for a limited time only. But God has been very gracious and patient because He wants as many, anyone who would believe to be a part of that. Amen? Tell somebody you're unique. Tell them, praise God. There's only one of you. The world can only handle one of you. Last things I want to say. If all things, now these, these, these things that I'm going to say are a topic to themselves, but I just want to speak it because this is our reality. If all things are new and all things are of God, what has been made available and what is new? You have been given a new spirit. God has given you a new spirit. You are now one spirit with Him. Meaning, the same spirit that He has is the same that you have. There's no difference. You, have, you are a new man. You're a new person. I don't feel like it. Remember? When people would say, I thought you were this person. Don't be moved by that. But know for a fact that you know because you received Christ, you have been changed from your essence. You're a new man. You've been given a new heart. Not anymore a heart of stone, but a heart of flesh. A new mind is available for you. You have the mind of Christ. Of course, you're a new creature. You have a new father. I remember Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and said, I know your father. Your father is the devil. And they got mad. But you have a new father. You've been adopted, right? In this, in this family. You have a new family. You have a new family. We're operating under a new covenant with better promises. Woo! Like that. New covenant with new promises. We have a new way of relating to God. Not, not anymore being afraid of Him in, in a bad sense. But we worship Him and we love Him. We revere Him. We have a new commandment. Jesus said, a new commandment I give you. We're not anymore in the old commandment. I like this. You have a new supply line. God said, 
And I will supply all your need. Your supply line is not your ninang or your ninong. Your supply line is not the person who's working abroad for the family. Your supply line is not your work where you get salary. Your supply line is not kuya or ate. Or, your supply line is different. It's not based on the natural. Your supply, li- your supply line is the one who never runs out. Why trust or put your trust on somebody? Your ultimate trust and you, you ultimately lean on your supply line, which is God. You have been given a new life and this is what I like. Soon we will have a new body. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. New body. And eventually, there will be a new heaven and new earth. Amen? All of this is because of what Jesus has done. That's a powerful thing. He took on the curses and all the old things, old system. He took all of that upon Himself so that He can give you the new and the better. Amen? Close your eyes and bow your heads. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord God, for what you've made available for all of us. Help us see. Help us understand. Help us operate in this new system, new creation with better promises. Help us see. Help us understand it each and every day, each and every moment of our lives. And if at times we may be forgetting, bring somebody alongside us to remind us, to encourage us. Thank you, Lord God, that we will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Just bow your heads and close your eyes. I just want to talk to a few people. If you've never given your life to Christ, it's a, it's a good opportunity today. If you've been living in that old system and you're just running in that cycle of frustration, My friend, God is giving you a new beginning. And more than just a new beginning, an entirely new life is available for you in Christ Jesus alone. If that's you, if you want a new beginning in Christ, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I'll count to three. When you hear three, and if you know this is you, just raise your hand. doesn't matter what other people are thinking. Are you ready? If you want Jesus in your life, I want you to raise your hand in one, two, Three, go ahead. If that's you, raise your hand right now. Anybody here? Raise your hand. Maybe on the fourth floor, anybody there? I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. And I want you to pray it from your heart. If you're here, if you're listening in the uh, live, I want you to pray this prayer if this is you. Say, Jesus, I thank you that you've made a new beginning available for me. I surrender to you this life, my life. All the old things, the old thinking, the old experiences, the good and the, and the bad, I give to you. And I receive a new life today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media 
or visit us at newlifethefort.com.